Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Welcome, everyone, to Motivation Addict. Today, I'm going to be talking to Patricia De Silva. Patricia has built an international brand such as Eco Gold and Heels Down Magazine from the ground up. She has a natural instinct for business and marketing, and she's been selected as one of the 25 most revolutionary leaders in the equestrian world by Equestrian Trailblazer Summit. And she's also a multiple nominee and winner of Equestrian Social Media Awards and the recipient of Equestrians Canada's Media Award. She's she's done it all, you guys. She's amazing. She's a well-known voice for innovative ideas. She knows how to create and amplify a brand's message. And today we are going to talk about how she built EcoGold Marketing from scratch to the Olympics and international sales, um, what Heels Down mar- Marketing and Media is, and how you can really as- access your strengths and make them more profound to be used in the world for your highest good. Welcome, everybody. Hope you love this interview with Patricia. Hey, everyone. Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am thrilled today. I have a very, very special guest. I've been looking forward to this for a couple weeks now. Her name is Patricia De Silva. And I'm just going to look down because she's so accomplished that I want to make sure that I get all the information correct. She has built an international brand such as Eco Gold, and Heels Down Magazine, if you're an equestrian, I'm sure you've heard of that, Heels Down Media. From the ground up, she has a natural instinct for business and marketing. She was selected as one of the 25 of the most revolutionary leaders in the equestrian world by the Equestrian Trailblazer Summit, multiple nominee and winner of Equestrian Social Media Awards, and the recipient of Equestrian Canada Media Award. She's very well known. Everyone knows who she is. She's very influential. Um, She built EcoGold Marketing from scratch to the Olympics and international sales. She built Horse Junkies United from scratch too. And she has really, I could go on and on forever about all the things she's done. She's got the podcast, she's got media, but she's an amazing woman. Thank you for being here, Patricia. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm super excited to be here. Usually I'm the one that doesn't get interviewed that is in the shadows uh, organizing media things. Today, today you're up front because you have so yeah. much information. So you're the right person to speak to. Uh, when Patricia and I were talking, we were going to start with uh, the mission statement that was put out. Was it about three or four weeks ago, Patricia? Right. It was uh, July 31st. We wanted to launch it in August and uh, so we came up with it on uh, July 31st. It was a mission statement for Heels Down and for people who followed our website or get our newsletter, the brief. We wanted to bring everything together in a more comprehensive way. And so we were think- I was thinking about this uh, for a while. And I said, you know, we write articles, we write stories, but who are we and what are we here for (laughs) a little bit. And we have this amazing community, uh, whether it's on Facebook or it's people that subscribe to our newsletter. And I get emails all the time from regular folks, you know, just because my emails (laughs) is out there (laughs) and uh, they email me about what we do and uh, they love the way we approach things. It's a little more authentic. It's very real. We're not pretentious by any means. And we're almost like close to the people. So we wanted to have a comprehensive mission statement that would, it's something that we've done anyway, like in in our lives, in every day. But I said, you know what, let's put it out there, what we are really about, what we believe in. So we, our mission statement is about making the horse community, the riding community, a kinder, smarter, more inclusive community. And, um, you know, we, we organize events as well. I go uh, to different horse shows and I go to dinner with strangers. I call it, you know, like random strangers. <laughs> and I'm like, the, you know, anyone who wants to come that's not an axe murderer can come <laughs> to our dinners. And we get like these, like 12, 15, uh, we had 40 people at Kentucky 
and it's people from very diverse backgrounds, from all disciplines, all economic backgrounds, and they go, you have such a positive community, and we just wanted to put that statement out there that um, the horse world should be more uh, kinder, uh, and, and that includes uh, welfare for the horse, but also well-being and your own well-being. You have to take care of yourself yep. as well. Yeah. And more inclusive in terms of it's not just for rich people. That's a very important part. And also diverse and inclusive uh, para questions, uh, Western writers, all types of people. Um, you know, we all have to something to contribute and no one should feel that they don't belong. That's, that's, that, that's the important thing for me. Sometimes when you see uh, the horse world and a lot of people think, oh, it's the reality between what they do at the barn with their horse and what they see maybe on social media and whatnot. They see, uh, they go, I don't belong here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you wanted to say, yes, you do. <laughs> that's, that's awesome because it can be a big gap between where you are at your barn and then when you see top riders. Now, top riders that are pros, that's, that's one bucket, right, I would say. Yeah, exactly. But I would say that a lot of amateurs across any, all the disciplines, if we can be a little bit more supportive of each other, that goes a long way. Um, and it seems as though we're kind of in these silos, you know, for Western, for jumpers, for dressage. And it would be nice to build each other up and support each other. So that's why I wanted to start off with this because I love that. And I printed it off and I have it in front of me. And I just thought when we were chatting, you've gotten so many great, amazing emails from that, right? Yeah, exactly. I got emails from New Zealand. I got wow. emails from everywhere and from individuals, from people who represent horse shows, people who really want to make a difference. They go, thank you for saying that out loud. I really believe in these in these, uh, we, we also put out four pillars that uh, we said, other than the big mission statement, uh, we said one of our pillars were going to be diversity. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people from different ethnic backgrounds emailed us and said, look, I'm the only black person at, in, my, in my barn, or I'm, I'm the only, yeah. no, per, per, I, no one else looks like me at the horse show. And it's a, you know, people email me and then I email them back, of course, <laughs> but it's cool that, that we kind of, they don't know where to go. And so, you know, they heard someone say, Hey, you're important and you're, you're part of this community too, and kind of put it in, in writing. And it feels like you're speaking to them. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, when we started this mission statement, I was thinking, you know, what do I want to do with my life in general? And like how important it is to touch people's lives, to make a change in people's lives. And it seems like super big, but we're like, we have this media platform. We have thousands of people who listen to what we say. And if we can inspire people like positively, and there's so much division in the world right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if we can inspire them positively and saying, Hey, like, uh, I think Erin Gilmore, who's one, uh, one of our contributor writers, she went to the Pan Am games and she says, uh, every volunteer, I smile at them because people want to be seen. Oh. And I thought it was the best line wow. because that's, you know, people want to be seen. So yeah. volunteers or like the guy who serves your coffee, you know, we're all humans. And I feel that sometimes, uh, in every aspect of our lives, whether it's at work, there's a hierarchy. And in the horse show world, there's also one. You know, you have the top riders, the important people, and then you have the less important people. Right. And, you know, we're there to say, no, like you matter too. And no matter if you just started riding last week, yes. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, you know, don't, if everything you own is secondhand and you don't have money to lease a horse, like you're connected by this love of the animal. Right, right. And, you know, bring that together. That so we have diversity. We have equality as a, another important value. And that's another one that I get a lot of emails about uh, people from, you know, any sexual orientation, 
or any any type of um, you know like feminism for example is one of our key key issues and um, you know how we speak mm-hmm. uh, I don't particularly like uh, girl power and everything that has like those kinds of words I find them sometimes you see that a lot in headlines when uh, there's a women's only team yeah. and I find that uh, and, and I mean I'm not blaming the people who write those headlines but I'm like we, we have to be a little careful of the way we we uh, describe women mm-hmm. how we talk about women mm-hmm. and um, you know making sure that we're like would you say this about a man uh, you know and and right. that's where the equality is, is right um, and then we have uh, well-being which is for the human and the the writer we've done a lot of work in heels down mag about uh, mental health um, anxiety yes um like any kind of um, mental um issue people are still it's still kind of taboo yeah depression yeah things like that and we've done stories about uh top writers who um kind of came out and said um you know this happened to me i'm very anxious and you're like, well, you're an Olympian and you're stressed to jump a course. That's odd. <laughs> but, but it makes me feel good as a regular rider because I get stressed out and it makes me feel like I connect with them when you can post that. Exactly. So it's important. Uh, and I mean, they've come out to other publications or uh, Charlotte Dujardin wrote a book about it, but we cover that in our newsletter. I think that's an important element. I wish more people uh, that maybe are ashamed or um, don't know how to speak out. If you're a top writer, I think it's your role model. Yep. So I think that just by talking about your issues, you don't want people just to talk about their problems, but (laughs) I think it does uh, inspire other people to go, oh, I have the same issue. Yes. And then the fourth pillar is sustainability. And I feel that like you see a lot of um, actors and singers and people more in the entertainment world or athletes uh, speaking a lot about, um, you know, whether it's climate change and the environment and equestrians are in a very privileged position because the sport is an outdoor sport. You're with in nature, you're with animals, like, you know, they're the best, people to speak about yes um those issues yes loss of land is going to affect um every equestrian if there's a, you know if they decide to develop a certain part of the world and you know where it was a park or that's gonna affect you and also uh climate you know yes uh, so equestrians are always okay if it rains if it's like the the environment is very, very important yes. to the sport. And yet you don't hear top writers come out and say anything about the environment. Never. I don't think I've heard any of them, anybody say anything one time. No. Not once. No, they just talk about the sport and they're focused on the sport and that's fine. But like these people, they're not, they're multifaceted like any human being. Right. Like you're not just your job. Right, right. <laughs> You're a complete individual. You know, like uh, Georgina Bloomberg. She's a writer, but she's a mother. She's an activist. She she loves animals. Yeah. There's a lot more to her than just her writing ability. She's she's one that is very, very outspoken about animal welfare. And I taught her about that. She found a cause and she is using her notoriety to make a real change in people's lives and in the animals' lives, and, and just as an education tool of, hey, um, you know, adopt a rescue. Yeah. Uh, there's, they're great dogs, especially dogs that she does. Yes. But I feel that she's, she's one that really has taken her fame and done something with it yes. beyond just the sport. But yes. I think that there's, you know, I don't want to put anyone on the spot because they, they're busy and they have jobs. And, uh, they, but I feel that, you know, there is a place for them to speak on issues that matter to them. Yes. And I think the environment or 
even rescue that's an important part uh, but i think that loss of land there's there's a lot of initiatives but you don't hear i think if one really popular writer even if it's a young writer took that as a as a platform yeah and were more outspoken about it it would really you know make a difference i feel so i printed something off which you wrote called everyone has problems i don't know if you remember that yes and this touched me because this is exactly what Patricia's talking about and uh, how we will gladly share our successes, if you don't mind me reading just a tiny bit of it. And when things are hunky-dory, we're less forthcoming about our fears. We don't discuss our fear of failure, fear of not being good enough, um, fear that we are going to let others down. We don't share about the time we almost cracked under pressure. We feel ashamed. And when everyone keeps sharing success, 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 blessed hashtags, uh, we feel very alone. And I wish it was easier to talk about our struggles that more people we look up to did because when we hit that low, we have no idea what to do. We deal with it the best we can and hope it passes. And as a rider and a human who has had injuries from horses uh, and also felt the pressures of being even an amateur showing, um, this was really touched my heart because I, I would love it if people spoke about this more. Like to your point, we're all human and we all have fears and we all have bad days and we all can, there's a, there's just a lot of shame in our sport across all the disciplines. And that is when you're hurt or you're injured. Uh, it's always kind of like, get back on. Good for you. Hope you're feeling better, but it doesn't address that kind of, well, what if after my body heals, but I'm still scared. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and I just felt like when you wrote this, can you kind of give us a little more um, information on why you felt prompted to write that? Well, I feel that, uh, especially with social media, Instagram has taken, um, you know, the number one role uh, as, as a social media platform, because I write a lot about social media. Mm -hmm. And I feel that platform more than any other is very like centered on perfection yes and beauty and all those things that are just so it's an aspirational um social media platform and i feel that you know when we like i'm i started blogging like back in the day like years and years ago and i feel that blogs when they started out they didn't have that perfection it was more you know regular folks writing about their lives facebook was quite of like connecting friends yep yes like of course you're going to curate you're going to just show the the best bits you're not going to show necessarily like your laundry pile and you know <laughs> those sorts of things but i feel that instagram more than anything has really really brought that um Kind of disconnect between what's real and what's not and what is very very perfect yes. so uh, and also if you look at linkedin for example for business i don't know if you're on that yes of that's, course that's also that for business kind of that that everyone's successful and so i feel that the the new social media platforms that everyone's on kind of push that perfection and i felt almost uh, it came from that because i was scrolling and it's all pretty 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 and i'm like that's like i should write something that's kind of breaking that and especially for teenage women that um are you know they don't know who they are or people who are still even grown-ups we we, we uh, deal with that but i feel yes. that uh, when you're older you have a little bit more confidence in my case anyway but you know, if I was 14, 15, 16, and I looked at all these pretty photos that of a life that I don't live, yeah. how would I feel? And it was kind of, uh, hey, you know, these people, even if they post those photos, they're dealing with all kinds of stuff that they're not posting. So it was kind of like that, uh, almost like a big sister type of, hey, you know, we're not, and, and we're just in general, we don't talk about failure. And it's funny because I, I was asked once to go to a university and speak uh, in an equine business class. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell them everything I did wrong. 
And I said, this, it should have worked, but I failed. <laughs> and they're like, wow, you're the most honest person what, to ever come here. Because usually people want to just sell their, their, you know, business. And I felt that these people, my role was like, they, they brought me to teach, not to teach, but to give the experience. And life is not all flowers and rainbows and unicorns. And everyone knows that. Right. But when you, you know, for my job, I have to be on social media all the time. And it's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know? yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, all these people are having so much success and I'm not. And they all look so perfect. Like their horses look perfect. Their outfits are perfect. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get it together here. So I love that you posted this and I feel like it, it connects us more. I feel as though what you're saying is true. Perfection kind of doesn't, it disconnects us, if you will, because then you start feeling like, oh my gosh, Patricia put this out and it was so awesome and great. Well, that's great for one day, but if you do it every single day and it's perfect, perfect, then I definitely am not like that person at all because I'm not perfect. So I, I, did you get a lot of feedback from this post? Yeah, always. I always get the most feedback on the, not the depressing ones, but I also write one about the mental struggles of being your own boss. Yeah. And then the financial aspect that comes into it and how you're going to pay your bills, et cetera. And I mean, it doesn't matter if you have millions of dollars, like everyone has problems. Right. Problems. And now every, so there's two principles that could work in business and in writing. So one is the everyone has problems. So when you see like, you know, the perfection, the, the perfect uh, photos, like this girl that seems to have it all. Like if you tell yourself everyone has problems, like this person, you don't know what they're dealing with. Like maybe they don't talk to their parents or, you know, maybe they have some like relationship stuff where we don't know what the their personal lives are like i get an image that they're going to put out uh, very carefully it's not real life like we're not it's not like we there's a camera in their barn and we can actually see the reality it's a you know it's almost like a movie people right. create it or they choose what to post okay so it's a, it's a version yep. of this person right uh, and then the second so everyone has problems. And two is someone else's success has no impact on yours whatsoever. Because people feel like, oh, this person did great. And therefore, it's almost like it's taken away from you. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, five people can have success and you could have success too. Right. So if you disconnect those, those things of saying someone else's success has nothing to do with mine right. and you disconnect that because it feels like we're connected. And if someone has success, then like they've taken it away from you. Right. Right. Like, you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because uh, we're only in competition with ourselves, right? It doesn't matter. Like five of your friends could have great promotions, great jobs. It has absolutely no impact on your life. None at all. None at all. And, I mean, it has, so you can be happy for them instead of being jealous. Right. Right. Because it's only going to hurt you in the long run anyways, because they're on their, everyone's on their own journey. Right. Exactly. So the success that you've had is not going to be my success, but I'm not really feeling bad about it. I'm happy for you because that's your journey. My journey is completely different probably. And that's yeah. what everybody has to remember and keep in mind. So I love that you said that. The people associate like almost like it's a cake and they're taking a piece of cake away from you. Like there's not enough. There's not, they're taking the, your success. Right. And therefore, like there's not going to be enough to go around. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. But if you disconnect that, if you go, okay, this person, like everyone has problems and everyone's success like has nothing to do with yours. Right. It kind of changes your mindset. Yeah, it does. It does. And when I think about the equestrian world, uh, what are your thoughts on, I've been talking with some of my friends on the spiritual side, um, and we think a lot of it's fear-based. I'm not talking about even the relationship with the horse and the rider. 
um, just what you said that there's not enough that there's just this piece of cake and then you've taken my piece now what am I going to do we're all competing for just there's so many ribbons you can have um, there's so many accolades that you can get but it seems as though there's quite a bit of fear based mm -hmm. instead of this whole what we're trying to foster that supportive generous environment inclusive environment what, what are your thoughts on, on the fear-based kind of system? Because it's a very old system that we have, right? Right. But I think that, you know, you, it's difficult to change people's personalities. It is. So I think a lot of it has to do with, like, how you were brought up and, you know, that sort of environment in your school and what, and also at, at the barn you were at, I think there's, there's a great role for trainers, especially for you know, when these young kids start out to have that, you know, family aspect and, you know, be happy for your teammate, yes. et cetera. But I feel that it's such an emotional sport. Like there's so much emotion in riding yes. in terms of your animal. Like people, we, you know, sometimes people go, horse people are crazy. But, <laughs> you know, in a sense that, um, you know, it's such an emotional like I'm sure other sports as well, but there's a live animal and it's like your pet. Yeah. So you, like you mix all that stuff and we're like bubbles of, you know, emotion. Yeah. So it could be directed positively or it could be directed negatively. So I think it's up to the environment to have, you know, someone, it could be a barn mate, it could be the trainer to kind of, you know, make people chill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be fun, people. Yeah. It's, it's not all competition, right? It's but it depends. Like if you go in a barn and it's all competition and, you know, it, it, there's that performance aspect and there, there's that, you know, push, push, push. And trainers are busy and like that, that stress can really um, go in, in all kinds of directions. And right. uh, I think people have to... Um, you know, you know, reevaluate the way that they, they approach the sport in general and see mm -hmm. what they love about it mm -hmm. and which parts, why do they do this? And, you know, take a, a breath yes. <laughs> and not get so upset. And I feel that also, you know, in other aspects, you can avoid people, but at the barn, it's a very social uh, sport. It's a social environment. You cannot ride from your computer you have to go physically <laughs> and be with people and in this day and age you can avoid people at the you know you go shopping people are on their phones you can avoid human interaction and I think we have to almost relearn that human interaction and that for example when I go out with friends mm -hmm. like there's no phones on the table I love that none, none. unless you know someone child is sick and has you know the, they they have the emergency right right <laughs> but i mean in general it, it's something we don't uh, instagram our food you're <laughs> there in the moment <laughs> no, but it's true we don't do any of that and it, you know it's something that not that we're losing but something to keep in mind just be the you know being able to work in a in a society <laughs> yeah and I love that have the experience instead of always trying to take a picture right I mean just mm -hmm. just enjoy other people's company instead and take a break and take a breath and enjoy it instead of always go 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 and push 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 because it's supposed to be fun right remember why you got into it maybe we got into it. a lot of us started writing when we were young and we just love the animals right we have to be around the animals so if we bring back that sense of play and that helps with the pressure as well, I think it takes a little pressure off of you and just expands to others, but you're right. It is completely social. You really can't go to the barn and not interact with people because they're there. Exactly. There's nothing so, you can do. So <laughs> you have to learn to get along. And I think it's the, the way that like the barn operates. Yeah. But sometimes they don't, they don't think of the social role right. that it plays in people's lives. And, right. um, 
and sometimes it's just personalities people who don't get along period but yeah, sometimes you know, that can clash. happen too you know, <laughs> it is it is what it is it but. is what it is we had talked on the phone a little bit about um the industry trade shows mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned the american equestrian equestrian trade association am i saying that correctly yes and you had been to um, a show recently, a couple of, well, you go to a lot of shows, um, but there's one in particular that I kind of wanted to get your thoughts and maybe you could give the listeners and anybody else out there that we, we all go to these shows and we all purchase, you know, goods from them. Um, many, many vendors that we work with and have the gear on our horses or ourselves like carrots or anything, um, you know, back on track, whatever it may be. But this particular show that you went to was not so successful. Can you give us uh, maybe a little bit of background on what happened and then your thoughts on how you see that moving forward? We could improve. Yeah, well, the industry, the I wrote, because every Tuesday I, I write a, um, a newsletter that is more towards the industry, but that's where my everyone has problems because the uh, article came out as well because sometimes I write just human uh, things that could apply to business. Yeah. And uh, in this particular case, we have uh, shows that are just for the industry. So for manufacturers and for retailers, and that's where they go to shop and buy the collections that you'll see in the tax store. Okay. And uh, that was, uh, I did one because I went to uh, a show like that in Denver and it was really dead. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wrote a piece and it kind of uh, also had a lot of um, people reading it within the industry because um, those industry shows, but also I think anybody can relate to being a vendor at a horse show. If you see tax stores or manufacturers or little businesses that sell jewelry or whatnot at the yes. horse show. Yep. And you know, there's no traffic. It's, it's kind of disappointment, very disappointing. And especially in this business, I mean, you have the bigger companies, but there's a lot of small business, small family owned businesses. Yeah. And it's people's you know, it's their lives. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I wrote a piece on how we can, like, we shouldn't be organizing events like that, that, you know, lead to failure. Right. So that was, that was my, my little glimpse inside of the industry, but it can apply to the vendors at the horse show. So um, to the regular people out there is more about if you see a vendor and you want those vendors to be there, support them and go, go shop there because it's, it's very hard right now for those vendors. Every time it's, it gets more and more expensive, and not only they've paid for the booth, but it's it's time away from their families. And when you go to a horse show and it's raining and no one comes shop, it's it's crushing. It is. It is. I've been a vendor, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And you take all day and you set up and your hopes are high. And then when the traffic's not there or it's like a, a dismal day, it's, it is crushing. It's not just financial. It's emotional. You have a lot emotionally invested. This is your whole business. This is your world. Mm-hmm. So uh, are, any thoughts on how we could make this better for both vendors and for participants? Well, in, in the horse show environment, I think that show organizers have the keys to the castle in terms of what they could be doing for the vendors. And one is the uh, one social media is, is so important nowadays and they almost don't give any, like it's very rare that a horse show one that, you know, which stores are there yep. two that they give them any kind of attention on social media. It could be so easy to do that. And so support them because I feel that it's a, uh, when you go to a horse show, a lot of people bring family members that may not be riders. And if there's other things to do there, it just enhances the whole experience. Like imagine a whole show without any, any shops. That'd be sad. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> be <sad. laughs> what would we do between intermissions? <laughs> exactly, but it's fun. I think shopping is fun. And there's, you know, there's a lot of articles I think that I've written and I will keep writing about the retail industry and the equestrian world. 
but I, it, there's that you see it in normal retail. Oh, retail is dead. I really think it's not. I love brick and mortar. I Me think too. I love shopping. Me too. And I feel that now I'm like, we just launched the line of soap. I don't know if you've seen oh, it. I didn't know that. Oh, oh gosh, cool. Yes. So we just launched uh, for fun. I went to the American Equestrian Trade Association and I said, you know what? I'm going to uh, have a product that is for those independent stores. And it's a gift. It's almost like a gift item. And it's, it's soap for dirty equestrians. Oh, cool. <laughs> it all names like Stressed Out Ami, Equestrian Trainer. Oh, we have, oh, I have one here. Barn Drama. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, I love it. I mean, <laughs> they're really fun with lavender. So we, um, you know, I don't, I'm not, I remember when I did more of Google, um, I was in contact with tax stores, but I'm a little bit more on the social media and more general marketing. I don't deal with them. Yeah. And now I'm discovering these cute little tax shops that have the cutest products. And I'm like, you guys are amazing. And there's a ton of them that, yeah. that do have products that are, you know, they also have the regular horse stuff. Right. Yeah gift items they have things for the whole family you don't even have to be a horse person yep. and um even greenhawk who's one of our advertising clients like i bought a bunch of uh things for the house there because yes. yes. they have it and all my cat things because they also have a pet section yeah so cat bowls and things like that so i feel that like it's i'm discovering all these of these different um you know stores so i feel that retail is just a little bit like we, you know, the online e-commerce is getting all the attention. Yes. But there's nothing that replaces going to a store and being greeted and talking to the person who usually tax shops, you're talking to the person who owns it. Yes. Or has worked there for a long time and yeah. they know about horse products. I feel that it's, um, it's a fun experience. So don't, you know, just go there and then, go to Amazon to find the cheapest price, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. That's kind of, um, not nice. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love yeah, going to those to stores. Yeah. Yeah. And I love supporting locals, right? Because they need it and they deserve it. And you know, if they can, if you can get something for a loved one, Hey, all the better. I mean, it's more fun for everybody. So yeah. And they usually, the service is better. Yep. Yep. And they'll treat, you know, not all of them, but in general, they take care of their clients yep. and, and it's fun. And you know, yeah. what are we going to do all day? Like not, <laughs> not go anywhere, just be on our phones, like go out there and oh, get out there and support, support people. And, and there's a lot to learn. And these people usually are very, very knowledgeable. They've been there forever. They love what they do. They love, like I, I bought saddles and they'll let you try saddle and then you can bring it back. If it doesn't fit. There's a lot of benefits. It's really hard to kind of do that with an Amazon. I mean, I'm just using saddles and you know, there are some really big items that equestrians buy that need to be fit correctly. And, and most people that have manufacturing companies in the industry ride or are involved in horses directly yes. as well. Yes. So it's yes. not like, you know, we don't know who these people are. Like they, it's people within the community. Yes. Yes. How can we as a community bring in other non-equestrians and have them have the experience of really coming into our world. Do you have any thoughts on, on how that could happen? We could give, I'd love to give the horse experience to, you know, inner city kids um, mm -hmm. or people that even just adults that don't have, they just haven't had the interaction. So they don't have any um, thoughts on horses and when I'm trying to think about, you talked about, you know, saving the, you know, the planet and its ecosystems and, and land. And I think about wild horses. I think about all the things that some horses go through that, you know, they shouldn't. And how could we give others the experience of being well, animals? I think that uh, it, most people live in cities nowadays yes. and the yep. suburbs of the big uh, city centers. I think that indoor shows in the, the shows that happen in the cities have uh, 
a great it's a great opportunity to really reach out to the community there. The shows like the Washington International Horse Show, they're downtown, like right smack in the middle of the city. You have the horses that are staying outside, like in this. I don't know if you've ever been, but they're right, they're right in the city. The stables are outdoors in the, like they close a, a like a a street. Oh wow! They're they're in the in the street. Oh. So you see horses and you see little kids who are coming from their daycare. Oh wow! <laughs> and like, oh my god! It was so <laughs> that is really like there's nothing. I think that experiencing you have to go to the, those horse shows, and the some of them Washington does have community outreach. The Royal Horse Show in Toronto, if you've ever been, like that's an amazing horse show. Oh wow! And it's also an agricultural fair. So you also have like pumpkins and butter sculptures and, you know, sheep and yeah, cows. cows. Yeah. Yeah. So they set up a, like a little petting zoo and you get tons of people. It's very, it's inner city kids. They bring people from schools. They bring every, every kind of, um, you know, person goes there from babies to 90 year old people in yes. wheelchairs yeah so those those horse shows I think have are doing it but then once that horse show ends I think there needs to be a little follow-up or something uh to because once that ends there's there's nothing else right? right so there has to be an opportunity for these people to put their kids in riding yes yeah I think just being and I think the other the other one is the the business community, um, things like the Global Champion Store mm-hmm. in Miami, for example. Yes. I, had, I went to a business conference and like someone had gone there. They said it was free. It was on the beach. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was there on my business trip. I went. It was super cool. I have got to go see that right on the beach. The horses are right on the beach. But I think that there's also a, like one is make it accessible for anybody, mm-hmm. but also there's the business community that uh, works with a certain, you have to have a certain quality, you have to have a certain experience, like the long jeans yep. and those kinds of shows that sometimes we go, they're not super, um, they're a little more elite, yes. but they play a role, I think, in reaching out to that business community that is used to those, that kind of level. Yes. I think getting those people in, that's how you're going to get those sponsorships. That's going, that's how you're going to get them. Maybe like you do the launching masters or global champions in New York city, but then you bring them to the American gold cup. That's a little um, more in the like near, near uh, New York city, but a little more in the, not in the woods, but it's a little bit more away from, it's not in downtown Manhattan. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's getting, getting all kinds of people. It's yes. not just about, it's all levels, all types of um, backgrounds. Yes. Do you think that the Rolex, uh, the Hermes would be interested because they sponsor the very elite uh, shows and have for years and years and years, which is wonderful. Do you think that they'd be interested in something smaller if it was accessible and would think? That- I don't know because it, it like it has to be on brand, right? I think people yeah. like Hermes or the Longines or Rolex, they're going to go, okay, where is my, my audience? It's a luxury brand. It's a luxury brand. So yeah. you have to go to Wellington, the New York shows, yes. the Longines Masters, those types of shows, they're going to bring in the elite Yes. Now, you know, why don't we get other brands that are maybe more universal, that are less um, elite? Right, right. There's opportunities, I'm sure. We just have to figure out how we can make it accessible. We can make it accessible, but also I think these people need to be interested personally. Very often, like those sponsorships are gained because someone rides or they have an interest in horses and they see it. And that's what I found in when I went to this uh, big business conference that no one had a clue about horses Mm. because they're not visible. They're often not in the city. Whereas, you know, there's a tennis tournament, like it's right in the city. 
Yep. So people, you know, we have the big Formula One Grand Prix here in Montreal. Like everyone goes that weekend. You yep. know, they're very aware of those sports. Yeah. The problem with equestrian sports is that they're not where like the the decision makers are. Right. Right. Yeah. Because the U.S. Open's going on right now. Yeah, but it's New York City, and it's it, the whole everyone's talking about tennis right now. Right. Right. But you because it's near a city put tennis like in the middle of a you know three hours away from a city like hidden some horse shows i've been to i couldn't even find them i know i know like i've gotten lost to more horse shows and at some point like i'm not going to those anymore uh, <laughs> like, i've been to so many horse shows that i'm like no i'm just going to the ones where i can fly in and like they're 30 minutes from an airport yeah it's, if it's farther than that yeah. I don't want to go. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you got to put a limit on it at some point. <laughs> I don't want to do those and get lost. And, uh, and there, there's no signs whatsoever. Like no. it's basic. Yeah. Basic yeah. stuff. So that's why, you know, it's great. Like it's in the middle, but it's at someone's farm. That's right. What happens. It's at right. someone's farm. That's where they live. They make a horse show there and horse people are going to pretty much go anywhere. Right. But regular folks that make those business decisions, sponsorships, or, you know, that, that sort of thing is not, um, is not really that interesting. Right. And they want to be seen obviously. So they need to have their customer there. So yeah, you have to, to see it. You have to see the show. You have to, if it's right in this, in the city, people will be aware. So I hope we don't lose because there used to be one in at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. If, if we don't lose the, the big events like that, Washington, um, the Royal, they, I mean, it's not going anywhere. It's great. It's great I gotta go to that. I gotta, when when yeah, is that? Do you know what month is November. that? November. November. Like yeah, it's two oh. weeks in November and it's indoors. Oh wow! And it's right in Toronto, and it's it's great. And like they've done an amazing job. Like I'm not paid by the royal whatsoever, but <laughs> I just I think it's a it's almost like you know they've kept that really high end feel like classic. Uh, it's black tie for VIPs, and nice. you see women with like um, like dresses that are like night gowns yes. we're not yes. in like gowns but like evening dresses yeah. and like really really um classy but yeah. then you have regular folks and like inner city kids and they have fun like dog with uh horses classes and speed classes and they have dressage they have eventing they have carriages oh i love that oh, oh i like love that night, it's like the best so i've got to go, go see that so, this year it's amazing. I've got to see that. They, they kept it. And I went to the Devon Horse Show. I think it was mm -hmm. two years ago for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that feel too, is that they, it's classy, but it's inviting. Right. Not closed off. It's not closed off. It's like it really appeals to the community. They put a, a Ferris wheel and it, there's a fair. And it has like that fun aspect that bring the kids, but also there's that classy feel. Right. And it's a great, I feel that now almost luxury means exclusion. I feel that too. But this, it's classy, but you don't feel excluded. I love that. I love and that. I, it's like the old school of like, we need to do this for everyone. Yes. Because nobody wants to feel excluded because even if you don't, shop at those certain stores or you're not at that level and you're not a professional you still want to go and enjoy it and you want to feel like you're invited you don't want to feel like i don't really want you here because you don't you're not one of us you're not a rider or you don't fit in so i love the fact that these shows that you mentioned have that ability to be elite but also very inviting for everyone else that wants to bring the family bring the kids watch the horses and and carriage carriage driving is amazing it's amazing. It's so fun. Oh my yeah, gosh. It's very, I, I think it's an old, 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 um, they're old shows and yep. that's the way they were set up. Yep. 
and you know the Olympia Horse Show in London is the same way. Yep. It's a, it's very it's for everybody. Yes. Yes. Well, we are nearing the end of our time. I I would love to know what you're working on and what you've got going on in the next six to nine months and anything you can share. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we have a daily newsletter that is, I mean, it doesn't, it takes a lot of atten- of our attention because uh-huh. it has to be, it's called the heels down brief. So that's our main product. I don't want to call the media side products, but <laughs> they are a product. So that kind of keeps us busy. Uh, the website heels and getting cool stories that are with those parameters and those pillars. We have the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast. Yes. That um, it's cocktails and horses. So we do that. So that's the media side. And then, um, as I said, I launched this. I do consulting as well, marketing consulting. So we have a few clients there um, that, that we're working with. And we do branding and et cetera. And now I have the soap. company which uh i i wasn't sure how it's gonna be but i think it's kind of taking off yay (laughs) more than i thought so we're going to be adding to that and so more things are on that on that side i think on the retail side of products that we're going to come out with awesome um, in from now till probably uh christmas and then in the new year um, probably another brand that we're working on that's going to be equestrian, but for everybody. So a little like the soap. So we're working on, on a few things like that, like a few brands that um, for me, it's a fun aspect. And also it's a way to apply uh, my marketing skills in a very uh, direct way because media, I mean, we, sell advertising so we work with brands but then the product is pushed on to the people for free right so i mean you listen to a podcast for free you get the newsletter for free we don't ask anyone to pay for anything mm-hmm. so i think that if you want to be a a good if, if i do consulting um it's important also to be a practitioner and yes. to actually you know do the things um and, and try them and experiment. Yes. And uh, so that allows me to, it's almost like a, you know, a, 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 not a toy room, but that's, that's what it is. It allows me to put the different things in practice in terms of um, marketing. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And you're, only a, you're only a little busy, just a tiny bit. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It's, it's fun. And I like to be busy. I feel that I I like to do a a bunch of things and not just go with one thing and do the same thing. Because when, when you work in a company, I used to work in the corporate world Mm -hmm. and you have promotions, you change divisions, whatnot. But once you're an entrepreneur, you kind of like, this is it. Like you can't go any, any higher. Right. Right. So like to make it interesting, you kind of have to, have different projects, do different things. And every time that you reach success, you want to have more success, but sometimes it, it doesn't have to be in the same vein. It could be something else. Right. But I think it keep, you need to keep yourself fresh and challenged and learn things. Yes. Otherwise you kind of flat and you're like, Ugh. like I can't see myself just doing the same things over and over and over for like another 30 years or 40 years that I have left. Yeah. It would get boring. I mean, you want to challenge yourself and you want to, you want to try for different goals and reach them and it allows you to stretch, right. And stretch new things, learn new skills, work with new people, new products and got to keep it fun. Exactly. I think like it's so hard to be an entrepreneur. It is. that If you don't have fun every single day, then it's going to be very, very difficult. But if you wake up every morning and I do, and I'm excited to go to work, I wake up like at 4.30, like by myself, no alarm, nothing. Wow. And I'm like, okay, like at 5 a.m., like I'm so excited to come to work and it's, and it's not even 
Um, but it, because I have so many cool things that I'm, that, uh, I'm working on. Yeah. And it feels a little, yeah. If you, if you hate it, it's not, you're not going to last. And you don't, you don't want to become an entrepreneur and then have that turn into a job because that's what you got out of it for. You got out of the corporate world to challenge yourself, to stretch and to learn new things. So I think the soap thing's really cool. I'm going to have to see. Yeah, see I'll where that goes. Stuff. That's amazing. Are you, <laughs> so you're going into stores at this point? Yes. Or? Yes. Yeah, I think like nine now, and what? I get emails every day. I know. I was so excited because I I almost brought it. You know, at the Ada show, we have a booth and we have clients there. So most of the time, I'm not at my booth. I'm meeting the different people and I have meetings. And you know, there was so much talk about the retail market. And I said, I'm going to come up with a product that is for independent stores. It's just a gift item. And it's going to be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and I just thought of these things. We were, I was laughing when we came up with the different uh, scents, names. And it, it was just like the funniest thing. And we say just that the, the text on the website, it's, it's available on shop.heelsdownmag.com. <laughs> And it's the scent, the, what it says on the website, it's like, just add water to transform a filthy, sticky question into a presentable person. Because <laughs> it's so for dirty question. But it, you know, it makes people laugh. And at Ada, usually people are there to do business and like, sh like buy products and write orders. And it's like, a, not a stressful situation, but you know how it is. Yeah. The business situation and they came on my booth and every time I was there like they checked the soaps and like people were laughing they're like oh my gosh you have to check this out they brought other people so it just brings happiness to so great people. and I thought like that's the great thing that's like, awesome you don't have to take life so seriously we can just have fun and now all these shops have bought <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know what? Every time I go to the barn, I say my horse gets clean and I get dirty. So it's so true. It's so true. So I love that you did that and see, yeah, just having fun with it, but everybody gets it right. It's a joke that everybody understands because you know, you walk in clean, you walk out dirty and it's like, okay, I got to clean up now. <laughs> and we have one called upper level goals and it says uh, purifies the skin by cleaning blood, sweat, and tears. This <laughs> 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 part is so tough that you kind of have to make fun of it. And people are like, oh my gosh, I can so relate to this. It's yes. Hey, it's not an easy sport. This is a sport for tough people. I mean, we get thrown, we get hurt, and we still get back up, and we still love these animals. And it can be hard. So, yeah, I love that. I love. I have that. so much respect for the professional riders who choose to do this for a living because oh. it's the craziest, craziest career choice you can make. Mm -hmm. It makes no financial sense whatsoever. No. Uh, to pour, you're pouring like thousands and millions of dollars to go earn a ribbon. Maybe yeah. if you're a show jumper, you earn some money. But other than that, like there's no, I, I, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to love it. You have to love it with your heart. I mean, they, yeah. they're passionate and they're just so, the ones that I know anyway, uh, they're so caring about their horses and they're so into it. And it's almost like, I remember once someone uh, that was a professional called me because she had sold her horse and she was so sad. And I said, that's a good thing. You made a sale, you know, like yeah, yeah. In, in normal business, that's a good thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were so sad that they had to sell the horse. So, but I mean, like if you're a professional, that's, that's kind of you, you know, that's the business, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I get it because I mean, I love my horse. I mean, I'm there every day. Even if I don't ride every day, I'm there every day. And I'm always checking to make sure he's okay. And so I understand that. There's a big emotional connection and bond with these horses, right? So, And they put so much pressure on their, themselves about, um, you know, winning or doing well at the horse show, et cetera. And um, yeah. it's really, really tough to be a pro rider with ambition to go going to the Olympics and that sort of thing oh. because the, the numbers it's so 
Like it's every four years and they take four people. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. And you know, what's even harder than that. I have talked to and interviewed two para writers mm. and that is even more inspirational because these, these women are riding, they're not easy horses and their horses actually take care of them. They know that there's, they, they can't figure out exactly what's wrong, but they know something's not right. And they always take care of the rider. It, mm. It's amazing. It's amazing. But they have goals to go to the Paralympics as well. And they put an immense amount of pressure on, but I love the fact that a lot of times they just, you know, just take off and go have a trail ride. Like that's what it's about. Go have some fun too. make it so that it's a little bit more balanced. Cause if you're always in the competition thought mindset, then it's hard to, you know, you got to decompress from that at some point and the horses have to too. So I love your soap that that totally, everybody gets it. And I'm so happy that this is successful for you. That's wonderful. So far. I mean, we just started the, I think mid, mid August, we came out with it and then we launched it officially. I think it was a week ago or so. So it's very, very new, very new. And then we'll see where it goes. But so far I'm having a lot of fun with it. And um, more sense are probably in the works for 2020. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Mean, you have to make people laugh <laughs> and smell good. And smell good they and smell look amazing. good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm a person who's obsessed with soap. That's why I got into it because I love soap and we do an, an exchange of the gift exchange every yep. year at Goes yep. Down. And I asked for two things, well, three things, coffee, soap, or socks. <laughs> like those are my three things. You can give me any of those. And there's people at like horse shows that give me socks. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> they know, like, I love socks. I love coffee and I love soap. I love and, soap like, too. You cannot go wrong with any of those gifts. <laughs> and every Christmas, my family is like, what do you want this year? I'm like, coffee, soap, <laughs> socks. <laughs> and they go, well, come on. It's all like super non-expensive. <laughs> I know. No jewelry, no diamonds, no nothing. <laughs> Like, what kind of a boring person are you? I'm like, but I genuinely love soap. Like, I really love getting that as a gift. Like, you cannot go wrong. If you give me socks, I will love them. And I will love the soap and I would love the coffee. Well, the coffee depends, right? Depends, right. It has to be my sort of coffee. <laughs> but it's like these, and I feel that, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a fire or close to being in a fire, but... I, my house almost burned down and we were able to stop it. Like it, cause the, it was in the wall. Oh, wow. So it was in the wall and we were able to stop it. And we had like a big, um, fire extinguisher. Yeah. But like that, you know, maybe like five minutes or the 15 minutes, uh, that kind of change your life. Yes. Because, everything could burn. So from that moment on, it was a uh, 97 there's during the, the ice storm. Wow. And from that day forward, I said, you know what material th- things, I mean, they matter, but they don't matter because you can lose them. Right. You're so and right. So, you know, everything I, I own is, is, is not anything that, um, it's because I like it. Yeah. <laughs> or I love it. It's not, not, it's not a status symbol. It's not like, what do I really enjoy? It's those boring things, but I enjoy that. Whatever you like, whatever you like, yeah. that's all that counts, right? <laughs> I think like we have to, sometimes we look at, um, you know, what is expensive or what is, what is value? Yes. Yeah, like valuable to other people, and you have to determine. Okay, Bill, maybe I'm not interested in that. Right, right, right. And I'm also into, into things that are more emotionally valuable than just, you know, the cost of it. In other words, yeah. if you if I had something that was passed down to me, then that's that's more valuable to me, and it might not have a monetary value, but it's valuable to me because it was someone you know given to me from someone that I love. So I completely understand. I love soaps, by the way. So. Yeah, it's the it's the photo albums. It's the the things that is, is your anything that has to do with family. Yeah, is that thing that, that's what you grab. Right, right. We had five minutes like grabbing stuff, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to grab. 
Wow. It, it's like Patricia, you, you have to grab stuff because we wow. might be burning down. Like it, we might be losing everything. Wow. So that you grab all the photos and the things from your grandparents and yeah. that you cannot replace. You can't replace that. Everything else is like the, like we don't have a, I don't have a Louis Vuitton bag, but let's say I had one, like it could burn. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Right. You can and, always get another one. It's not and sometimes the, those things are the most expensive things. Mm-hmm. They don't matter. Your car doesn't matter. Like that stuff doesn't matter. Right. You so, can always get new clothes. Yeah. Clothes. Stuff. There's unless it's like something that was passed down to you by your grandmother. Right. I mean, that isn't clothes is not what you grab. Right. Right. Photo albums for sure. Photo albums. Like you grab the passports, things like that. Yes. Keys, but it's photo albums, anything that has like has some kind of an emotional attachment. Um, yeah. 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 But, well, thank you for being here. I am so thrilled that you were here today, Patricia. You have so many good stories and a lot. I love your soap. I love your soaps. <laughs> and thank you for being here and giving us your thoughts on this. I'll have all the links to her um, social media for Heels Down so that you can go and read some of the things that we were talking about today and um, her website, but thank you for being here. I had such a good time with you. I appreciate Dang. your time. Thank <laughs> you so much. It was so much fun. Yay. All right, everyone take care and don't forget to subscribe and share this. Thank you so much.